Yo, yo, man, what it is, what it was, and we're back. Nothing beats experience, quarantine edition. Damn, I can't believe we're still in quarantine, bro. I am joined here by my man, the one and only High Res. How are you doing? Good, man. Can't complain. Uh, just living life uh, one day at a time. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, so you got a new album out. We're going to get right into it. New yes. album, Forgive and Regret, correct? Yes, 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 sir. I actually took time to listen to the album on Saturday in its entirety. Thank you. Super, super dope album. Really well put together. Give me a little bit of a back uh, background in terms of like uh, the inspiration for the album and kind of give me. Yeah. yeah. So uh, content wise, I mean, forgive and regret. Obviously, a play on forgive and forget. Um, it's kind of like the antithesis, the opposite of that. It's like you know, any anytime you forgive somebody, you know, it's sometimes it leaves you with regret. I don't know about in your personal experience, but you know, you give that person that second chance and they kind of always dick you around and screw you over. So that's kind of where it, it lies. And overall, my brand, you can see kind of there, it says no snakes. My shit's always been built around just loyalty and, and, and distrust and mistrust and, 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 and people that you love and hate and disrespect, just all that shit, you know, snakes in your life and cutting your grass as, as cliche as that saying, as that saying sounds. But uh, that's kind of what my brand is built, built around. And the album is just kind of my most specific album geared towards, I guess, my brand, if you want to call it like that. So. Yeah, no, there's some really, uh, some really dope records, some really personal records as well. You know, I, I really took like, man, my man's must have been going through a heartbreak during this album, you know, because <laughs> it, it, it really felt that you were, that you were inspired by experiences. And Absolutely. That's what I took from the, this specific album. You know? Absolutely, um, it was. I mean, it, it. Not. I don't. I don't ever want to tell somebody how they should feel from the album. You know, because art should be perceived how they want to feel it. But in my specific instance, it was really a, a collection of of highs and lows and triumphs and 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 failures. You know, as well as as heartbreaks. You know, not in a in a in a relationship sense as far as romantically, but you know, with friends and family and shit like that. So that's really what it was uh, built around. But you're not wrong. Yeah, no, it, I I felt it. There were several songs on the project from you know Feel Alive to several songs, man, uh, where I just felt like yo, he's talking to me. Like I, I can relate to this wholeheartedly. And I think it's also the balance of having a career. And 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 oh, absolutely. like that juggle. I, I, a yep. lot of people don't understand. Like, uh, it, it it takes a lot to be committed to any one thing. Mm -hmm. and let alone have success in it. So naturally, we tend to be selfish. So when people come in our lives, specifically with relationships, it's just a difficult thing to balance. You know, absolutely, so, absolutely. So I heard that, man. I heard that. There, I forgot the name of the song. There was one in specific. I was like, shit. This is like the story of my life. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Let me know if you remember. Let me know if you remember. I, I already threw, I, I didn't throw it out of my head, but I, right now I'm just tapped out. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, uh, I, know, I was looking at the track listing right now. I'm trying to remember what song it was. I'll, I'll hear it back though, but it was super. Yeah. But I know you also have Ritz on the album. He's the only feature on the album. Yep. And, you know, uh, super dope song, and That song's performing really well. How did that collab come about? Thank you, man. Your shit is dope too, Ritz. I, I checked your shit out. It was tight. Um, the shit with Ritz, honestly, I just hit him up, man. I, I was, I, I've been a fan of Strange for years. And um, I, I saw he went solo in the last few years. And, you know, I know he got sober in the last year. And, and you know, it just was inspiring to me from, from every angle. 
And I've been a fan of Ritz since, honestly, it was a specific day. Um, I, I, live, I live in Orlando, then I lived in LA, then I'm back in Orlando. And you know an artist, Kasky, or no? You ever heard of Kasky? I don't know who Kasky is. So he used to put CDs on everybody's door. And this is like before streaming and everyone was still listening to CDs and shit. And there were CDs literally on every college kid's door. And my girlfriend went to UCF to, to, to in Orlando. So I'm like, you know, bumming around in, in, in every apartment, wherever she goes, I'm laying on the couches and doing whatever while she's in school and shit. And I get a CD on the door and I put it in and shit. And it's Kasky featuring Ritz. And it's like the hardest verse I ever fucking heard from anybody was this Ritz shit. And I'm like, you know, I, I think I had heard the name from the tech shit, but that was like, I was like, what the fuck is this? I want to know more about this guy and just the way he was doing his thing. And all I did was reach out and he, and, and he had heard about me. I obviously knew about him. And then the rest is history. We just made the record. Super dope record, man. You know, big ups to Ritz. He is a legend, man. You know what I'm saying? He's a, you know, I don't want to say he's underrated. I think he could just do, but I don't think people know just how fucking dope he is. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. So let's talk about your career, your journey real quick, man. You know, I first heard of you. Well, I've heard of you for a while, you know, but I, Emilio Rojas really, really mm -hmm. was pushing to do some stuff because obviously I have a company, a company out here in Texas. I write a lot of tours for National Act, so he's like, yo, you got to get me in res out there. Gotcha. I spoke to one of your people. Uh, just timing. You know, it's all about timing. No, 100%. I, I was going to ask you, Dude, now, if we do any small rooms out in Texas, especially, I got a nice audience in every major city, so we could shut that shit down, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. It was just, the, but it wasn't even that. It was just timing as in, like, what's going on over here with venues. And, but, uh, but anyways, so are you originally from Orlando? Is that where you... Uh, so I'm from, I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx. Then I moved to South Florida. Pretty much my whole life lived there. Then I moved up to Orlando. Then I moved out to LA for a few years. Now I'm back in Orlando. What would you say that you paid your most dues in terms of artistically? You know, were you part of a specific, not to say you were part of a quote unquote scene, but where would you say your career really started to, to flourish and manifest? What city were you yeah, in? Yeah, Orlando for sure, as far as like getting out in the scene and doing things and doing shows or whatever. Um, sonically, I would say I pay homage to the East Coast, you know, to in general, you know, whether it's it's Southern Southern music or whether it's uh, New York, you know, my my initial sound. But um, L.A. really turned. I don't. They all they all played such a pivotal role. But L.A. gave me a career, you know, like like uh, I would say like New York and Florida kind of birthed me. But L.A. kind of you know gave me that push that I needed. You know, I, I would recommend anybody moving just anywhere, not even L.A. to New York to. Texas to Austin to just getting out of their specific area for a few years, seeing some other shit, meeting some other people, and then bringing it back, bringing that money back home. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's like, you got to go to Hollywood to become famous. Nah, mm -hmm. but I am all for getting out of your bubble, getting out of your comfort zone, meeting some people, shaking some hands, and then, you know, bringing that knowledge and money back, you know, where your roots really are. So, you know, it's funny you say that because that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life where I've really been contemplating the next move. Like, man, should I leave for an extended period of time just to kind of beef up my resources, right? And would you say that that's attributed to your growth? Would you say that was part of your... your 100%, 100%. And it wasn't even like I was out there networking and partying and doing crazy shit. It was just like, just, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say like the energy and the vibes, you know, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, but it's, it, you run into people and you see people and you meet people and just kind of being like how people say you're on the scene. So it's just, it's just so easily accessible. Like if you're in New York or LA or whatever, like, you know, chances are somebody you find on the internet is down the road. So you're like, okay, we can collab tomorrow. We don't got to plan a flight. Cause a lot of the times 
me included, when I, when I see somebody I want to collab with, I, I realize I got to plan a flight. I got to plan my Uber. I got to do this. Now and I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm discouraged, you know, and, and I'm a very motivated guy. So, you know, if you give that to somebody who's not as motivated or a little bit lazier, they're going to give up when there's a little bit of something in the road. Whereas if the motherfucker's down the street, you can be like, okay, bet, you know, let's get into the studio or let's go film this video or let's go blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that's the, I think the convenience of like accessing shit is, is really what's important. And I think also to your point, another thing that I think people need to realize, especially whenever you're going after your dream, I think people tend to get discouraged. There's two ways to look at this, right? There's the way to look at it from the perspective of if you haven't really kind of figured it out and then you move to a bigger market, a lot of times people get swallowed in those bigger markets, right? Like, let's just say like, you know, not to, not to be fucked up, but let's just say you weren't really like doing as much in the area that you were in and then you go to a bigger area, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna drown. But... But but I do believe that there's certain people that could can't figure it out. However, I do feel like if, if you're good at what you do and you take it other places. Yeah, you can figure it out anywhere. Yeah, you'll figure it out, man. Not only that, but I mean, you think about it, like in my case, you know, in Texas, you know, Texas is such a big market. So, you know, to be able to, to run dates, uh, uh, you know, in, in one of the biggest markets, specifically the number, the number four and the number five, the number five and number six. Yeah, yeah, facts. It's like, shit, I could go to a top four and know how to run it because I've done it already. You, know? you have the blueprint. Correct. So um, when did you start making music? Okay, let, let's, let, let's kind of go back here. Let's go back. When did you start making music? When did you say, you know, this is what I want to do? And when did you actually make it a profession? So I wanted, I've been making music as far as writing and, and rap battling and joking around and playing since I'm like 13. You know, 13, as far as even recording, you know, I bought like a $50 microphone, $20, $30 microphone. Uh, from somewhere, Sam Ash, I don't remember when I'm 13 years old, eighth grade. And as far as like really solidifying it and, and taking it full force, I'd say probably like 16, 17 years old. And for those, you know, seven, eight, I'm 26 now. For, so for those like seven, eight years of like just knowing I want to be a musician and an artist and just being an entrepreneur and, and being a philanthropist, whatever you want to call it, you know, it was seven or eight years of not even making a dollar. But then that ninth and 10th year that I'm in now, it's like, you know, I wish I could, you know, I didn't need to tell myself because I knew what I was going to do. But it's all those people that like, there's so many people in the world that wouldn't, you know, rationalize that, that thought. It's like, hey, would you do something for no pay for nine years if that 10th year you could, I'm not a millionaire, but if that 10th year you could be fucking good, you could be solid, you, it, it will make up for those nine years. 99.99% of people will be like, fuck no, how am I supposed to eat? You know what I mean? But you figure it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, man, so you're still, you're still young. So, you, you know, I think as time goes on, you know, you, you learn to connect the dots. Were you always high res though? Was that always your rap name or were you? Oh, I was, uh, when I was 13, I was gutter main. So, you know, that, that's not going to work out for somebody that looks like me. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it comes from my background, but it, it was a combination of, of ace gutter, which was ace hood and uh, Gucci Mane. So I was like gutter main. I was like, these are, you know, I told you I come from the, I like the South shit, you know, this is my Florida roots. So I liked Atlanta. I liked Fort Lauderdale, Miami. I liked Texas. I liked all that rap. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm gutter main. And then uh, I become, 15, 16 years old, 15, nah, 15 years old. I'm high resolution now. And it was way too long to type on YouTube and shit. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but YouTube, if it was too long, it used to just be dot, dot, dot. Like it wouldn't show the whole shit. It wouldn't, you know, there was no character limits. It would just be high resolution. You didn't even know the song title unless you fucking hovered over it with the mouse. <laughs> so then now it just, it just, it just manifested into high res somehow. And I don't know, but yeah, a couple names. No, that's dope. So, you know, it's funny that you mentioned YouTube now and I want to get into YouTube. So obviously, this interview is going to premiere on YouTube. It's going to be on the YouTube channel. I've been building the YouTube channel now, uh, let's just say since February. I started my 
full-fledged talk show. But it's, it's interesting whenever you think about YouTube because I feel that that's one of the things that popped to me on paper about you is the fact that you, that you have about, what, 2 million subscribers on your YouTube? Yeah, I hit 2 million. I'm pretty close to 2 million. Yeah, so, like, you know, you're almost at 2 million subscribers. That's a big number to be at for an independent artist. Shit, that's a big number for major artists, you know, <laughs> in today's climate. You know, uh, how important would you say that YouTube's played a part in building your brand? And, and how important do you would you say YouTube is in general? And I'm going to backdoor it, but I want to know in, in, from your yeah. perspective. So, I mean, I started on YouTube, like when I said that 13, 14, 15, like I, I signed up for YouTube in 2010. So I've been on YouTube for, for a decade. Um, and to me, it wasn't, it, it wasn't always the most important thing, you know, throughout my career, but at the beginning and now it's, it kind of came full circle for just the importance it plays in my branding and eyes and everything, just, just eyes and ears and all that. And, you know, I'll make a viral video, you know, whether some sort of rap related video and, and you know, a massive portion of viewers will go to the album or go, you know, basically it translates, you know, if it wasn't translating, I wouldn't do it. So that's like the key point. So it's like, you know, my end goal isn't to be some YouTube prankster. I love YouTube. I always want to be on YouTube and I always want to entertain people and do content, but it's not to be like some skit prankster or whatever guy. But in the moment, you know, it's, it's, it's getting a lot of eyes and ears to what I love, which is obviously the music, the albums, the production, the comedy, the whatever else, you know? So I think it's very important. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's super important for every artist in their career, but I do believe that everybody needs something that, that they just run with, you know, like perfect your strengths, not your weaknesses, right? Like my strength might be YouTube. My strength might be sound, you know, whatever it is. If yours is SoundCloud or yours is blah, 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 a lot of people love to run away from something and try to start building up other platforms. Instead, just run towards one and eventually it just tips over and trickles down. How would you say you built your channel? I mean, you mentioned 10 years. I mean, that's a long time, but what would you say was the, the, the main thing or the turning point to kind of see that growth that, yo, shit, I just landed this video and it got me 100,000 subscribers or whatever fucking number it is, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, when I was like 16, initially, um, I was putting out music on that piff like everybody else. Yeah. And um, the Call of Duty community and the gaming community, you know, these guys like FaZe Clan, I don't know if you know about them, but it's the esports world. You know, it's a very, obviously, it's a massive world. And all these kids were um, playing my music music in their in their in their edits and their call of duty and halo and 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 gears of war everything any any sort of gaming related thing my music was being played in it so that kind of jump started my career at 16 17 years old i had a bunch of eyes and ears right but then beyond that i started doing these pranks i started rapping at mcdonald's my order and it was like a minute and a half took a minute and a half to do and then the video gets a hundred million views you know some absurd number that i can't even comprehend but then it just starts trickling down to the music. And then a few years later, I started doing these Uber pranks and I'm pretending to be an Uber driver and rapping for people. And then a few years, you know, it's just, I don't know, man, I'm always, I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. I, I'm like a mad scientist in a sense of like, I, I drive myself nuts. Cause I'm like, what the fuck do I do next? And I know I always figure it out. Yeah. Having this conversation with you, I'm like, okay, I figured that one out. I figured that one out and I figured that one out. But it's like, I never know what the fuck I'm doing next. I have no plan. You know, I have an idea, but I have no plan, bro. You know what? That's funny because I feel the same way. I always tell people, I'm like, look, man, I know it may appear on paper that I'm a genius, but I promise you, I really don't know what I'm doing. We're just acting off of instinct because a lot of times for creatives, right? I consider myself a creative. Obviously, you're a creative. When we're not, uh, when we're not doing something, we're doing nothing. So we always have to, we always have to find a way to, to do There's something. No in between. There's no in between. You're either doing something or you do nothing. It's simple. Correct. And so you got to find a way to make the needle move. And I think it's funny because 
let's kind of rewind with social media. You know, I, I shared the story. I ran an interview with this kid, Maj, who just signed a Dev Jam, right? And we, he had a real, real uh, interesting story about how he got on, right? So he just signed his deal at the beginning of this year. He's talking about him. He got discovered on YouTube, right? Because he was a gamer. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it transitioned from being a gamer to doing reaction videos, to yep. doing music. But his yep. subscription base had got so strong. So I was explaining to him, I go, it's so funny that when I was doing social media marketing before it was called social media marketing and the yeah, days and all that stuff, uh, there was people that kind of like, because it was new, people would kind of like locally at least would make fun of it. You know, like, oh, you're just an of internet. Of course. Remember there was a point in time where- Oh, bro, I, I, I just said, sorry to cut you off. It's the quarantine is so hype to me because I'm witnessing major million dollar corporations doing what I've been doing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like people yeah. that made fun of me for like, you're the internet kid. It's like, I see all you fucking major artists sitting in your car with microphones and doing, doing all this shit we're trying to do that I've been on. You feel me? Uh, well, cause you know, it, it's funny because I, you, you gotta remember. So when I got the internet, when I first had a computer in 2002, 2003, right? When my mom bought me my yeah. first fucking computer, I remember this is the future. I knew this where this was going. And the internet as a whole is still kind of in its infancy. It's still in its first 20, 25 years. Of so it's like, people are still like very new to it. And all these platforms are coming, but it's so funny because you're, you're right to see people try to adapt because you, you see some of these older artists now yep. trying to figure it out some of these corporations. It's like, uh, I think digital content as a whole and the way people consume stuff and we go to YouTube in specific now, um, during the pandemic, you know, viewer con consumption is at an all-time high. Absolutely. You see these commercials, these quarantine commercials for Burger King and McDonald's. And it's like, you know, you can come in and pick up Papa John safely with a mask. Like, it's just, you know, they have to innovate. And obviously, like, that's a small example. But it's funny to see them doing Zoom commercials and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah, I've seen a Zoom talk show, right? Like, mm -hmm. what I'm doing right now with you, my production is no different than what fucking Jimmy Fallon is doing right it's now. Crazy. That's exactly it. Everyone has a fair <laughs> chance and a fair opportunity in today's climate right now. Correct. But I would say that during that time, so, you know, because YouTube, when I think people fail to realize, it's still the number one visited website in the world. Yeah. So to be a factor on that platform, I think, is a really big deal. And I would just say, would you attribute it to the type of content that you were producing or the amount of content? Was it the quality over quantity or was it a mixture of both? Yeah, it was definitely a mixture. Um, I think what got me here in the times of, you know, not really even having less of an idea of what I wanted to do. I know I just said I have no idea. I have much more of an idea than six months or a year or two years ago. But I think in those older times, I think I was just putting out content, even if it was just okay. Like I thought it was good and then I looked back, eh. But like there was always 10,000 people that liked it or 20,000 people that liked it. So I was like, okay, you know, this, this kept those people around. So I know when I put out a banger video, it might be once a month or once every three months, I know that that shit's going viral because I have enough of an audience where it's like, yeah, it might not be as consistent and, and, and um, you know, whatever, across the board all the time as much as I'd like. I'm, I'm not putting out videos and they're going viral every day. I, I, I wish I, you know, I wish that was the case. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wishes that was the case, you know? But, um, you know, I know that if there's a banger fucking video, it's because I was consistent, not necessarily overqualified. But now, like, I'm, I'm really focused on quality, but I am scared. Like you just said, I'm scared of, of not putting out enough shit. So it's like, that's the balance that any creator, it's specifically me, you know, right now in this, in this, in this example, I have no idea. So I don't really know the answer. It's definitely a testament of both, though. Yeah, because I think, you know, the, the, the good thing about not, you know, uh, not necessarily knowing is 
the fact that you have the ability to, to adapt. So like, if, if me and you roll out a 12-month plan, the likelihood is, of us sticking to a 12-month plan is highly unlikely because things change so fast. You know, like, you know, we were just talking about COVID and Corona, and you might have had a whole tour planned out in the U.S., right? I had a Europe. I had a, I had a decent, I had a couple of little regions in the U.S., but my Europe shit's gonna get pushed back for the third time now. So yeah, so I'm saying like, you know, what do you do? Well, you adapt and you go, okay. Well, I'm gonna release uh, content in this way. Now let's go into music consumption. Now, how do you feel about uh, the state of how music is consumed? You know, a few years ago, oh, you're going in and out here, huh? What'd you say? Are you, are you back? You were going in and out. You know, you were going in and out again. I think you're back. Yeah, no, it's because I, I screwed it back. My bad. But I was saying, in terms of music consumption, in your opinion, because you seem to have a really good uh, idea and grasp on how music is consumed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a few years ago, I was on a conference call with uh, with a few people that were, you know, just talking about Spotify and, and just music consumption as a whole. And they said, we no longer live in an album era. We live in a playlist era. Yeah. And I always say that, new promotion is the new promotion, right? Yeah, right? You know, you just drop the album and that's it. But would you say that, you know, you know, you talk about being active and constantly releasing music. How important is it to like spread your releases or doing singles and kind of building? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know, it kind of goes off what we just said, the constant, the quality over quantity and shit. And there was, there was times where, you know, I was just putting out music every week, just like just like all the artists been trying to do lately. You know, I'm doing weekly releases every Friday for the next six months, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But um, I did it for like three months. And uh, it's not that I was sick of it. It's just I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was satisfying my need as an artist. You know, it almost I almost got lost in the sauce just in those three months. And I was, I was like, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, so uh, lately, the last year, I, I've been, you know, not on some like quiet Kendrick Lamar shit, definitely not, you know, because I'm at the point where, you know, you need to put out music. Otherwise, if you disappear, you disappear. I'm not J. Cole or Drake or whoever, you know what I mean? But um, I think it's a balance. Once again, I think you need to you need to have times of like just going hard, drilling them with the shit. And then I think you need to have times of like sitting back and plotting. So I think it's not one or the other, but there's there's definitely a lot of artists that can learn from just meeting halfway. You know, don't stop acting like you're so rare and stop acting like you, you know, you don't need to drop music for. And I'm not talking about Kendrick. He's good. I'm talking about artists that are my size that are like, yo, I, I'm only going to drop three this year because, you know, I want him to I want him to I want it to be hungry. But bro, there's so much music. Music, they're not gonna be hungry for your shit you feel me <laughs> but um you definitely got to meet halfway between you can't be dropping uh how many 52 songs a year you feel me like you need a call some people need to meet halfway you feel me for sure for sure uh so you're independent correct yep yep so ha has that always been kind of the goal to remain independent just be a major independent or no nah, no nah. so when i was uh 19, 20, 20 years old, um, I was signed to a division under Sony. And this was right before, this is six years ago, so you know where the climate was at. This was right before streaming was major. I'm talking about within, like I got signed and then 12 months later, streaming popped off. So it was a very terrible time to get signed because if you don't have album sales, that's all that they indicated it off of was album sales. You know what I mean? So I put out my EP with, with Sony and I got maybe a few thousand sales, which in today's climate, if you can get a few thousand actual sales and then streams, people are excited for that. You know what I mean? So I got a few thousand sales. I got dropped from the label. And then 12 months later, you know, I'm, I'm doing the full independent shit. I have no idea what's going on because I dropped the project on that piff when there was already streaming. And I, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? You know what I mean? But then I, I uploaded all my old catalog. I uploaded my new shit. 
And I've been independent from, from that time to this time. But as far as remaining independent, it's not my goal. Um, I always talk about it with my team. Um, you know, I want, it's not that I need money. You know, a lot of people always say, well, I'll sign for X amount. I, I, there's not an amount I would sign for. I, I would only sign for smart capital. If you could take that money and, and help me put it in places that I can't personally put it in, then I'll sign to you, even if it's a low amount of money. You know what I mean? So it's all about resources to me and, and, and networking and connections. And obviously the paperwork, you know, I got a legal team that's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get dicked around. You know, I've been in, I've been in too many situations when I was with Sony, they were taking 50% of everything and thank God I wasn't making any anything you know so it's like y'all and thank god i got dropped man y'all could have kept me around for years and years and years to come so yeah. shout out to the people at, at, at penalty and sony they're actually good people but um yeah man the goal is not to be independent or 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 sign it's it's wherever life takes me and whatever makes sense so i don't have like one of those independent till i die backpack mentalities you know what i mean <laughs> have, have you got any uh situations that you know have arised over the last yes yeah, we have a lot over the last six months we have a lot of people always reaching out whether it's for distribution deals you know how that shit goes everybody wants to be the next whatever it is, you know, SoundCloud's distributing now and, and, and you got, you know, I, I have, I have records through empire and, um, what's the other one? One RPM every, every day people are reaching out to try to, you know, get your catalog, your whole back catalog and your new catalog. And so, I mean, I don't know, I haven't really entertained anything just because I feel like I'm in a good place as far as being independent right now. But, um, I feel like when, you know, it's, it's stamped right now, but when, but when, when that record's there or that video's there or something's moving, I'm, I'm ready to take all the calls. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, to entertain all the options. So. Well, I think, you know, you're gaining, you're gaining a lot of leverage by being able to, you know, produce the numbers that you're producing to be able to establish your following, to be able to really just maneuver on your own, right? Not to mention, you talk about the DIY, you know, I was looking at the way you were rolling out this new album that you have out, which by the way, Make sure to get it now on all streaming platforms. It is available on Spotify, on Apple Music, and every other fucking digital platform you can think of. But you had the physical albums that you were actually printing and that you were selling. Yep. And people, you were autographing these, and then you were also doing, like, the stuff where you mentioned the fans and the credits, and you were doing, like, a personalized video. That, to me, is kind of the lost art of, like, the the law started in, in, in really going to that next step. Yeah, guerrilla marketing, bro. You and I both know how that shit, how that sh that was it. That was the only way to do it. Standing outside shows and throwing the shows and handing out CDs and handing out flyers and opening up for anybody and everybody, even if they were trash, you know, people don't know that shit anymore. They, people don't even want to tour, bro. In 2020, they're, they're, they're happy. There's a quarantine because they just want to, they just want to put out music and not even leave their house. There's it's yeah. fucking weird, dude. No, you're right. I mean, I, I've noticed that over the years, there's been a lot of artists that I've either worked with or that I was part of their 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 careers early on. And, you know, most of them don't want to tour, but it's it's a necessity to reach the people. And you talk about guerrilla marketing. It's also there's also a way to adapt in, in, in terms of like digital marketing, you know, and yep. I'm, I'm a firm believer in I want to get your perspective on this, that. Uh, direct marketing will always be more effective than mass marketing. So one-on-one uh, -on -one marketing is always going to be more efficient. And the way I always use the analogy of, it's like if you're playing football, if you throw a fucking Hail Mary, you're hoping somebody might catch it, right? You know, that's that. there's a chance they may or they may not. But yeah. if you do a, a straight play and you know exactly who you're running the play to and you're throwing it directly to somebody. That that every time. Yep. Yeah, that's the equivalent. Like, this is like the equivalent to like, you know, campaigning as a, as a politician, you know, we go city to city, state to state, shake yep. your fucking hand and kiss every baby to get one vote at a time. We do that to get one listener or to get one viewer or to get 
one person bought into the brand. Yep. I treat it. I treat it like a like a mom and pop shop or or, or a family owned restaurant. You know, it's like I know my hundred customers, and I really mean that. I know my hundred big fans that are like they'll buy anything, they'll listen to everything, they'll comment on everything, and every day we just focus on keeping those. You know, it's not. I say a hundred, it's five hundred or a thousand, whatever it is. But I focus on keeping those people happy every single time. And those kids are always telling their small group of friends, you know, it's like, yo, I just got my friends. So that 500 is turning into a thousand, that thousand turning into 2000. And I know like eventually it's going to be very, very tough to like maintain that. Just like anything, you know, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word sell out, but it's like, you know, you, you, you turn it from a, from a, from a small corporation into a franchise, right? So everybody could buy a, a Subway now or a McDonald's now. So it's like, you know, it's, it's easy to treat it like that one location but eventually the end goal is to, to be that big box office, Walmart, Amazon, you know, what I mean? at least that's my goal. But um, I think, I think with my team, you know, my team's help and, my, and the ideas we have and the strategies we have and the way we just mobilize shit, you know, even at that level, there's always going to be customer service. Like I'm going to make sure we got teams of people with low high resonance. You know what I mean? Like we're going to figure it out, man. We're going <laughs> to, I'm never going to people. Have you ever called a place? Or gone to a restaurant and you just like you just had the worst fucking time, man. Like that's how I pride myself. I compare my business not to other artists. I compare my business to businesses. Yeah, I'm a businessman, businessman. You tell me you know what I'm talking about. Like sure. I'm comparing my shit to Amazon, Walmart, Disney. I'm not comparing my shit to to you know to Logic, G Easy, whatever. Although artistically, yes, I love I love a lot of these guys' artist art artistry. But from a branding and business perspective, not that they're not doing well. I'm just always comparing my shit to a business. You feel me? Yeah, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, King Crook, who's a good friend of mine, Crook and I, he mentioned to me one time, he said, look, man, my goal is to get 5,000 super fans. Yeah. Super fans, because get those 5,000 and have those 5,000 spend an average of $100 on you, and there's your $500,000 in a year. Easy, bro. 100%. I, I, say, I say the same thing, shit, with 100 and 1,000. And, a thousand. and yeah. it's like, I, I reach that, and I'm, I'm on my way to that crooked eye shit, so. Yeah, like, because it's, it, that's exactly how you, you have to maneuver. But, you know, speaking of, of artists, you know, I know you mentioned earlier that you, you grew up heavy, you know, admiring the South, Atlanta, Florida. Uh, who are some of your musical inspirations? Because when I heard the album... You know, I hate to compare artists, and I'll never do that. Feel free, feel free. But you know, people will. You know, I was I was in the car, and it's kind of I'm, I'm listening to, it and I'm just kind of getting different vibes. And you know, for me, it's like who? Because and I'll tell you why I, I kind of heard in there. But who would you say are some of the artists that influenced? Yeah, you? yeah. So I mean, I don't know if this album specifically reflected it, but throughout my whole career, I mean, I grew up on 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 East Coast shit too. Wu Tang Clan. I grew up on KRS One. I grew up on obviously Biggie Pac, all those names. But as far as when I moved to the South, you know, I, I grew up on Outkast, and and I love the Texas movement. Like I got super. There was there was a whole stint where it was like just texas just paul wall just mike jones just slim thug you know little white all these guys nashville all that whole shit was just this southern shit not even florida it was just i was diving into three six and all that so i really don't have any aside from uh, from Pac. i don't really don't have too much la just i don't know it's just the sound not to i'm gonna start a whole argument with this shit with this rivalry <laughs> you know what i mean I, it's just one of those things because the west coast if you talk to a person in the west coast all they listen to is fucking you go to the bay area all they listen to is Bay Area music. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things for me with the East Coast and the South. It's just all I listen to is East Coast and Southern music. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely, man. Paul's a good friend of mine, but I, I don't know if y'all have connected yet, but I got to connect y'all too, man. That would be, be dope, man. I would love to. I, I, already, I already connected with Mike Jones. 
connected with with Lil White, connected with uh, a bunch. Of, I would love to connect with uh, with Paul Wall. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta make that up. That's that's a good. That's one of my good my good partners right there. But oh uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyways, but man, yeah. So I heard the album, you know, and it, I think like naturally, you know, whether or not like it, it's not that you sound like anybody because you don't really sound like anybody to me. Yeah, but I just feel like people are gonna have that sense of like, okay, this is like in that kind of G Easy logic lane that you were yeah. mentioning earlier. Uh, I believe it or not, and this is gonna sound completely far left field, but when I was hearing the album, I was like, this shit felt like eight oh eight and heartbreak album to me. You know, hey I mean? man, Kanye West, my favorite artist since I'm a kid. First album I ever bought, College Dropout. So you know that shit. That shit is near and dear to my heart. When somebody talks shit about Kanye West, I feel like I'm being personally attacked. You know what I mean? That's how the fuck I feel. Regardless of your political opinions, I don't give a fuck. I'm the type of guy that I know how to separate the art from the artist. Assuming you're not like a pedophile or some <laughs> some crazy shit, I could definitely separate the art from the artist. I don't care what you believe in, what your religion in, what you. I don't give a fuck. If I think your music is dope, then your music is dope. So to me. Love Kanye West. Uh, I appreciate that. That's why I'm getting hype. I'm lighting up. You said 808s and heartbreaks. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, getting no, hype. Just because I, I, I'm looking at the theme of the album and I'm hearing the album back and I don't ever listen. So sonically, obviously, I'm going to listen to it. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I could hear these comparisons. I could hear the average listener, you know, hearing that. But the actual infrastructure of the album, that's the vibe I got. You know what I mean? Thank you, man. Thank you. And as far as Logic and g Easy, I mean, I've been... I wouldn't say emulating, but the, I've been compared to these guys for seven, eight years. And when I was younger, you know, I'm 18 years old. I'm running away from any comparison just because you want to be you. You know, you're so egotistical. You're like, nah, I'm the next high res. And then, you know, you get a little older. You're like, whoa, I'm being compared to million dollar businessmen. I'm like, this is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like you start really thinking like a fucking businessman. And I'm like, yo, wait, if I could be a little bit of logic and a little bit of GEZ and a little bit of, of whoever, you sprinkle this and sprinkle that, Eminem. I'm like, wow, that sounds like I have my own brand. You know what I mean? Like so shit that I used to run away from, I'm totally for it. I think those guys are extremely talented and I definitely emulate certain things production wise, especially not necessarily. I always have my own flow and I, and I, I always have my own content because this is all I know. But as far as production, I absolutely will listen to, to the climate of what's going on with my peers. You know what I mean? You know what? It's funny you say that too, man, because I want you to, you know, like it, I think that comes with experience and it comes with age because for me, uh, to your point, you know, uh, for the most part, since I started in music, you know, more so towards 2009, 2010, I, I've been asked by artists over the years, national, indie, regional, to manage them. And I used to get so fucking offended when people would ask me to manage them. I'm like, bro, how are you going to ask me to manage them? you when I'm working on my own shit? But as I got older, it was like, hey, it's a level of respect that they have for you. 100%. Thank you, man. And, uh, and I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of like, you know, really, really good educated conversations with different people. And I'm reaching that point in my career where I'm more prepared to go into that than ever before. But Absolutely. I think it comes with age and we, you know, the name of the show is called nothing beats experience. So on that note, what would you say is the one thing that you would advise anybody kind of grinding, going through what they're going through, building their brand and mm -hmm. also something that maybe you didn't know when you were younger that you realized as time went on in terms of just the experience is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I think it's running towards whatever you're always. So like somebody told me, I don't know the exact saying, I'm going to botch it, but it was like, you can't choose your clientele. You can't choose your audience. Your audience chooses you. You know what I mean? Do you think Walmart like turns away people that want to shop there? That's how, that's what I'm talking about. You know, same, same concept. So it's like, if somebody's bumping my music, 
you know, I, you know, when I was 16, 17, I'm like, no, I want these 40 year old hip hop heads, guys that really know what the fuck they're talking about. Cause I wanted respect as a kid. I didn't want money. You know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know the difference. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I, I knew I had to eat and live and breathe off this, but at 16 years old, all I wanted to do was make money and get respect from, from my peers. And I was, I felt like I had something to prove, but I got older and like, 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 like we talked about earlier, it's like the shit I got made fun of as a young kid. You're an internet kid. You're just a YouTube rapper. Or you're just a SoundCloud rap, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute, all those things you're naming equals dollar signs. So I get older and I'm like, you're just broke talking shit. And you're not any of those names. So, you know, for you to tag me, you know, stamp me with a bunch of names, you know, you, you're not stamped as anything. So I got older and, I, you know, not to sound egotistical, I'm sounding like, like I'm talking shit back. But I got older and I realized you don't need to talk shit back. You know, if there's money to be made, and people to be to, to, to listen and, and there's an audience to run to. It doesn't matter the demographic. If you wanted all 16-year-old black kids to listen to you, it's not going to happen. You know, if you wanted 25-year-old white, it's not going to happen. Whatever, whoever's listening to your fucking music is who you got to gravitate and run towards. You know, I'm not saying it don't expand and, and reach the masses, but in order to reach the masses, you got to please your current audience. You know what I mean? So, you know, run towards you know, the sound, run towards the production, run towards the branding that works, run towards the colors that work, run towards, you know, as you see in the back, like every season, every three, four, five months, I'm going, I have, I have new color schemes, right? So it's like the album is, is, is like Hulk, right? It's like green and purple. Everything I'm aware for the next three months is green and purple, right? And some people run with that forever. You know, you see certain guys that like, GEZ is a perfect example. He just wore a leather jacket and slicked his hair back for 10 years and everybody was like he's a greaser and and he's an outsider and he's one of these you know these super cool james dean looking dudes and um it just worked you know it just it just worked for him and and i think it's important man i think just as important as the music is the branding and because you know there's a lot of shitty guys out there that are so successful because their branding's cool their color schemes are cool the music's not even that good but just they they're they're selling you a lifestyle so if you could attach good music with a good lifestyle you're out. It's out of here. You'll never fall off. You'll, you'll be longevity is the word. You'll be good till your grandkids. Your grandkids will eat off your music if you have good music and good branding. You know, I think that's the the point to be made, man. Brand management. You know, uh, something that I've learned over the years, and you know, me and you speak the same language because I'm very much in the same uh, agreement as you in terms of like constantly switching up the branding and just constantly like you know making it new, making it fresh. Uh, you know, above all, look, man. You know. The thing about it is, is like, and I always tell people in terms of like branding and marketing, right? The, the analogy is you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink it, right? Our job is simply to get the horse to the water and if they drink it or not, fuck it. Next horse. We keep on. Yeah, bringing well, yeah there's always going to be another horse and another lake. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep on bringing them in, bringing them in. But, you know, ultimately that is the, the, the thing to be, to be said, because in terms of like brand building, uh, a lot of people, it surprises me how many national recording artists do this shit blindfolded. Like they, they go viral, they'll go viral and they don't even know what the fuck they're doing and they, and they go. And it's like, man, you know, if you just did X, Y, Z, you could have this much more. You know what I mean? Like, I'd say I have the same conversations in, in my behind closed doors and on camera where it's that same concept where it's like, yo, like you're, I'm watching you miss and swing and miss from the sidelines and I'm getting so mad for you. Cause like, there's, I'll never pray on anyone's downfall. It's not, it's not in my, it's not in my DNA. So it's like, even if someone I don't like, you know, has a record and is moving and I'm sitting back and I'm like, Oh my God, I almost want to reach out and help. But it's like, you just, people don't know that, you know, they don't know that mentality that I have or that you have, or certain people have, where it's just like, you just want to see motherfuckers win. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, just like, you, I, don't know. I just reached out to somebody two days ago. I'm like, Hey, I want to help you do brand management. Cause you know, I'm in right now, bro, on Facebook, 
And hold on, let me see if I can show you this, man. Like, <laughs> I, I want to show you how many pages I run, bro. This is insane. Like, and, and a lot of people don't know that I do this shit. Okay, it's kind of scaled down, but I run about like 19 pages. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's the Five Nines page, Slaughterhouse's page? Okay, so you running hella, hella people's pages. Okay, uh, but. fucking busy boat of both does in harmony. Like, like all these pages. But I mean, at one point, I had even more, right? And it's like, yeah. that's only one aspect. And it's like, you know, the thing about it is, is like, you know, I try to be real, like, selective of the content that I distribute to these people's pages. Of course. Right? Of course. Because it's not really my page, but it's like you do. Yeah, you want to make sure it reflects their branding and you, you're not going to post some left field bullshit just to make yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like you do realize if I had free range and you just gave me just a little bit more creative on this, I promise you the needle can move. Facts, uh, not facts. And it just, I think it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that a lot of people don't understand. And going back to the internet being in its infancy, you know, people still don't understand and comprehend or really grasp how much you can really do with what we have. Yeah, with, with nothing, not, yeah. And, and, and at one point, we were, it's the equivalent. We were the kids in the back of this class that, you know, might have not been the most coolest or popular, talked the most, but now we're the, the those yeah. are the people that study and observe and they're the smartest ones. And now those are the ones that are. Yep. You hit that on the head, bro. That, that was exactly it. Yep. But man, look, Rez, we got to talk off the record. So stay online, man. This has been a great, great conversation with you. This is nothing beats experience. I'll make sure to check out his new album right now. It is available for streaming. Whenever you come to Texas, we got to get you out here. We got to get you in studio. We got to run this again. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation. I think it's uh, it's a piece of information that people need to know because the thing is, people's fascination with buying books and going to master classes is they want to pay for best practices. They want to yeah. pay to learn from experiences. They yeah. want perspective. And anytime you have someone like yourself that's just openly being able to say that like, this is kind of what's worked for me. This is my perspective. Yep. Yep. Hey, man, that's free game, and we appreciate it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Uh, It was a good conversation. All right, we'll stay online real quick, man. And, uh, yeah, you already know, man. Appreciate it.